Okay, we are started. Ready to go live. Okay, we are live on YouTube. And I'll hit the record button. Okay, we are live on YouTube. I'm getting there. Okay. All right. And let me see. Hi, everyone. This is Tammy Becker from U Ministries. Welcome to our Friday Faithful Friends Coffee Chat. We've got five of us here today, which is really exciting. And God is blessing us with a lot of faithful women that are coming to chat about God and God's word and the message that he keeps giving us words, you know, every single week, something to bring to you to hope that we encourage you to dig into your Bibles and dig into the word of God and get out there and research some of these topics that we're bringing to you today. So um, before I introduce you to everybody, the very first thing I want to do is get started in prayer to invite the Holy Spirit in to our place of discussion today. So let's start with that. Dear Heavenly Father, I just ask that you come in to our place of discussion here with, with our friends. And Father, we just turn this discussion about prayer over to you, Father. And we ask that you have the Holy Spirit come in and guide our discussion, Father. Give us the words, give us the tools, give us the Everything that you want to be said today, use us as the vessels that everything that is said will be glorified to your name, Father, and that we bring forth what is true to be in the Bible, and that this encourages people to go dig in their Bibles and have a meaningful relationship with you, Father, and to seek out you and seek out what we're talking about throughout the week. And we ask all these things in Jesus name. Amen. So to get started today, I just want to, um, I don't know because of the, the way that the camera goes, but it does have everybody's name on. So we've got Sandy. Uh, and then we've got, it's not Sandy over here as well, but this is Dana. (laughs) It has, it has has two Sandys because we're using Sandy's feed, but it's Sandy and Dana and Lori's down here and Lisa. It's not John and Lisa, it's Lisa. So (laughs) so we'll get it all right anyway. So welcome everybody. Um, Thank you guys for joining in today. And I really appreciate you taking time out of your day and uh, the, hope the Lord blesses you for being here today. So we are going to just kind of just jump right in. And what we're talking about today in our coffee chat, everybody got their coffee? Yeah. Sandy got your coffee? All right. Is we are talking about the purpose of prayer for Christians. And basically it's, it's what I do. I don't know what that was, kind of a lag, but okay. But anyway, we're talking about prayer in the Bible and how believers 
and they talk to God and how, you know, the purpose of prayer. And we found like in researching that there's a lot of different kinds of prayer. And we kind of wanted to touch a little bit on the different purposes of prayer and then reference some prayers that were used by different people in the Bible. So we can learn, you know, the very first thing is the purpose of prayer for Christians. And we find that this is to make our pray, our praise, our request known to God. We want to praise God when we're praying to him. And we want to make our requests known to God. Um, a lot of times, you know, people just start out like they only seek God, like, okay, I need this. I want to go to him and pray, but we should pray to God throughout each and every single day. And we should start out our prayer. I always start out like thanking the Lord, thanking him, like waking up. Thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you for what you're doing for me. And then go in, you know, just praying with him throughout the day in a conversation, so to say, not down on my knees in the closet. I, although I do do that. <laughs> I do do that on occasion. I mean, when that there's comes a time for that, but I'm talking about just conversing with our savior throughout the day, our father throughout the day. So there's different types of prayers and that's that we see. We, we see people, you know, thanking the Lord or needing to go to the prayer for go to the Lord for asking for things. Um, so there's different reasons that people go to the Lord in prayer. Um, five examples of prayer in scripture is what we're going to talk about. And we're going to go through and we're going to, each of us are going to kind of take a story out of the Bible of some examples of the prayer. Uh, the one, the first one that we're going to talk about here is I'm going to talk about Abraham's and, and let's see, did I skip something? Prayer and scripture is just what I'm going to. Um, Abraham's prayer for Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham was so in the Bible, Sodom and Gomorrah, terrible place, terrible, terrible place. But Abraham was so concerned for, he, he wanted mercy on the people. He was so hoping that there were some righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, that he kept pleading to the Lord, like, okay, if, if there was any people that were righteous, would you save Sodom and Gomorrah? Because see, God was going to come in and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham was praying to the, to the father, well, what about the righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah? Because you see, Sodom and Gomorrah was filled with wickedness. It had sexual immortality. It had homosexuality. It had rape. It had everything. You know, it was like Babylon. I mean, of course, it was like what we see today in our world. It had no regard for God and no regard for God's law whatsoever. But Abraham was concerned that there might be people in Sodom and Gomorrah that were for God. So he was, when he was praying to God, he was asking for mercy for those people. And he would ask, and he says, you know, what would, if you're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, are you going to sweep away the righteous people? And God, you know, replied to him, no, if you can find the righteous people, I, you know, I will save them. I'll save those righteous people. But you know, there weren't, there weren't any righteous people, you know, because Abraham, how many times, let's see, he, he, uh, Abraham had to keep asking. He kept asking God, 
finally it got down to where Abraham was like, okay, can, if, if I found 50, 50 people in Sodom and Gomorrah, would you save them? And the Lord's like, yeah, I'll save them. If you can find 50 people in Sodom and Gomorrah. So Abraham's, what, what I'm getting to is Abraham's prayer was he wanted mercy. He wanted, he wanted to see the Lord. He did, he wanted lives spared for fellow people that if there was right, he, he wanted the righteousness and the grace of the Lord to save people if there were any people in there. And the Lord was willing, but the problem was there was nobody in Sodom and Gomorrah that could be saved. And so God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but he was, he was listening to Abraham's plea. He was, he would do it. If he could find those people, he was going to spare them because he heard his prayer. But the problem was, is, was there anyone to save? So that is a plea for others. You see Abraham, what this is talking about, it's a, it's a prayer for others, a prayer. He's pleading for other people, for the mercy of other, for the righteousness of other, for the grace of other. He's not praying for himself. He was praying for others. So that's a one type of prayer that we see. Then we get into, Lori's going to talk about Jacob's prayer for deliverance. I'm unmuting. There's a trash man driving down the street, of course. <laughs> I apologize. That's okay. okay I so, have train. So anybody remember the story of Jacob and Esau and how his mom, Rachel, snuck him in to take his brother's birthright when he was out and about. So then he ended up having to kind of run away because his brother was so angry with him and stuff. But um, so in dealing with Jacob's fear of Esau, he did, he did go to the father and he prayed, Oh God, my father of Abraham and God of the father at, at Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your relatives, I will prosper you. I am unworthy of all loving kindness and all the faithfulness which you have shown your servant. For with my staff only, I crossed this Jordan and now I become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. For you said, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be numbered. That's 32, 9 through 12. And so it shows that Jacob had great fear, but he prayed about it and he gave it to God and God kind of told him, God told him to just keep moving forward and then the end result was, which is amazing, which I'm sure I've had that experience in my own life where you're just so afraid of a confrontation in a situation that you feel like, you know, I need to make this right. I just need to make this right. Even though you might be terribly guilty and wrong, you give it to God and then he blesses us. Not always in the way that we want but it always seems to be the way it needs to be. Sometimes, most of the times you have to look in the rear view mirror and you, you say, oh, he, he was wiser for me. <laughs> but um, 
anyhow, so that was like pretty beautiful. I didn't go by the script so much. I kind of just went by the Bible, but it just, um, you know, about the whole fear thing, um, how that can paralyze us from doing the right thing. And, um, and, you know, in reference of today, I know I scroll and I don't say a lot of things because is it necessary that I give my opinion on a lot of stuff in the worldly stuff, you know, but, um, you know, my whole thing is I got to just hang on to the Bible. That's what I tell my husband. We just have to hang on to the Bible and talk to God because he's the almighty, the powerful and knows what's happening. So just give it up and it'll work itself out. Maybe not the way you want, but it'll work itself out. Absolutely. Just like my disability right now. I'm like freaking out because I'm not working. I'm self-employed and I'm, <laughs> I'm being blessed with work and I can't even drive right now. I'm a realtor. <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy, but I gave it to God. If it's his will, I'm okay. Anyways, yeah. that's my story that's a about good one. Esau and Isaac. There was mercy shown. Yep. That's a good one for today because a lot of people are living in fear. That's a, a really good one for people to get in the Bible today to research that because we are in a time of fear right now. The public is in fear. I mean, take the jab. Don't take the jab. Are we going to get COVID? Are we not going to get COVID? You know, is the government going to make us do this? Is the government not going to make us do that? You know, are we moving to socialism, communism? Are we, what is happening? I mean, there's so many things going on in the world of, with fear that right here, God gave us the Bible to take away the fear because God's got it all handled. We just need to take the humanism out of ourselves and let God remove that fear for us because he can, he can, but we have to give it to him first and not take it back. But dig in your Bibles, people. I know there's a lot of fear out there. We are living in fear and it's hard. It's hard, hard, hard not to see it everywhere you look. Social media, TV, you know, every, the radio, everywhere you go, they're just pumping fear into your life. Well, don't go for it. Get in your Bible and research what God says about fear. You don't have to live in fear because God's already got this whole earth planned. He's already got it, everything. He already has it all figured out. But you're, if you're living in that fear, then you're not living in knowing God's got it in control. And you're allowing the flesh to creep back in. It, trust me, I know it's hard because I go back to the flesh a lot. I'm you know, we're all human and we want to dive back into that fleshy part of us and go, oh, yes, gosh, I'm getting scared. But we've, that's what's so important about staying in the word of God every single day. Because if we do that and we nurture our relationship with the father every single day, he will strengthen us so that our fear becomes less and less and less. And we and that helps us like remove the layers like an onion of fear. We might still have fear, but it lessens and it lessens a little more and a little more. So get to your Bibles. That That's a good one. That's a good one. I just one. wanted to interject with you that staying in community with like-minded, you know, like what we're doing right now is, yes. is super important. 
It is. Because we remind each other, we comfort each other. And um, yeah. So anyhow, that's my other two cents. Oh, that's absolutely, you're absolutely right. Because it's, uh, we have to have, we have to have our Christian soulmates with us that support us and encourage us. Because if we don't have our community to turn to that understand where we are, I mean, we would fall. I mean, I, you know, how many times do we talk, you know, amongst us during the week, you know, that we are able to pick up the phone and we're not afraid to talk about God in the Bible or a question or encourage one another with the scripture. So important. So find your community, find your people. It's important. Okay. On to any other comments on fear? Okay, then we're on to Moses' prayer for mercy, and that's Sandy. Hello. Well, you know, Moses' prayer for mercy. See, I'm echoing. Um, yes. I think let's see if, let me, let me mute Dana and see if that helps. Okay, try now. So Moses' prayer for mercy, he was interceding for the children of Israel. And um, so let me read the scripture first, and then I'll do the paraphrased. Um, well, I'll just tell you, Moses went up on the mountain to speak to God. It says, now when the people saw that Moses delayed to coming down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, Come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this, Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what he has be what has become of him. He was up on the mountain for a long time. It says, tear off the gold rings which are in your ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. Then all the people tore off their gold rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took this from their hands and fashioned with a graving tool and made a molten calf. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Now, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it and Aaron made a proclaiming proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. So the next day they rose early and offered a burnt offering and brought peace offering and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play then the lord spoke to Moses, brought up from egypt have corrupted themselves they have quickly turned aside from the way which i commanded them they have made for themselves a molten calf and have worshiped it and had sacrificed to it and said this is your god o israel who brought you up from the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people and behold, they are an, an obstinate people. Now then let me alone that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. And I will make of you a great nation. So Moses is interceding. Then Moses entreated to the Lord, his Lord and said, oh God, why does your anger burn against your people whom you had brought out of the land of Egypt with a great power, with a mighty hands? 
Why should the Egyptians speak saying with the evil intent? He brought them out to kill them in the mountain and to destroy them from the face of the earth. Turn from your burning anger and change your mind about doing, doing harm to your people. Anyway, so what I'll do is, so why Moses went up to the mountain and he, you know, was it two weeks? Was it a month? We don't know, but why Moses was up there speaking to God, the people got restless and they needed somebody to lead. And Aaron, I can't believe he fell into it. So they just started making them idols. And so again, God, he just wanted to wipe them out. It's not the first time. He wanted to wipe them out, I don't know, three days into the New Testament. <laughs> so this is what my little short paraphrase, it says, while Moses was on the mountain receiving God's instructions for the holy living, the people below were committing sin of the worst kind, idolatry, immorality, and um, God was mad. So Moses interceded that God wouldn't kill them. And what God did is he uh, put a plague on them instead. But in Moses loving the people and, you know, for God bringing them out of Egypt, which was a big deal, Moses interceded and um, for the Israelites. So instead of being killed, they got a plague. And the interceding means it, it's you're praying on behalf of someone else. So that's what I've got. Right. They were they were not <clears throat> they were not thinking in their right mind. They were not taught. They were they they took their self out of God's way. In other words, they weren't speaking with God in God's path anymore. They um, they put a, a block between them and God because they were cool. sinning. They had an idol. And so Moses or um, yeah, Moses interceded for them and prayed for them, even though they weren't seeking the prayer themselves because they thought they weren't doing anything wrong. They just decided to go against God. And so he knew they were doing wrong, so he was interceding. And that's what we do yeah. as human. We, we intercede for people. Sometimes people that have fallen off, maybe the fence, you know, maybe at one time they were Christians and maybe they have fallen way off somewhere, like into the dark web or way. And, you know, we're praying for them. We're interceding prayer for them because they're lost. They've lost their way or that from what they knew as they were God's child at one time and they've lost their way. So we intercede prayer for them, right? Yeah, the, the thing about it is with the people, either they didn't have the one-on-one, -on -one, the desire for God and Moses was gone a while. Like I said, he could have been gone for two weeks or a month and then they got restless. They, ne they needed something to worship because they didn't have God within them. It wasn't a natural thing because they was brought out of Egypt. So Moses wasn't around for them to guide them. And mm -hmm. they just did what they did before in their old life. Right. Right. They just went back. Well, what we yep, would call today. Back. Well, see, they didn't have the Holy Spirit at that time because they didn't have Jesus yet. So right. um, they didn't have the Holy Spirit guide them. 
at that point. So as where we have the Holy Spirit, so it's in, in relevance to today, the Holy Spirit lives within us. So we would call that backsliding. If like, if we, if, if it were Christian today that have backslidden Christian, we would intercede for prayer for them. Or right. we could intercede prayer for people that aren't even Christians and pray for right. them for their salvation. That would be interceding prayer as well. Right. In today's, in today's world, because we do have the Holy Spirit, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit at the time of Moses. So yeah, they were left. They, when Moses was gone, they were just kind of left to their own with no Holy Spirit guiding them um, and just did their own thing again. But Moses still interceded for them. Right. And this just shows how merciful God can be because we can be very, very misguided. And no matter how poorly behaved we are, God is always willing to show mercy. And if there's even one person who has that faith in God, that's willing to ask on someone else's behalf, God's always willing to listen because he doesn't want to strike out the harshest consequences available. He would, he does want to see folks catch on, get the point, get the message and get better. So I just think it's kind of a beautiful story when, you know, someone reaches out and says, Hey God, you know, can you lighten up just a little bit? I think I can help these guys. And God says, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Any further on that? Nope. That's pretty much a self-explanatory. Like I said, all the, uh, Apparently all the way through the Bible, God just wanted to get rid of these people that and recreate something else because they were such screw ups (laughs) and it was always somebody to intercede. Always, always somebody. All right. Next, we are going to jump into Hannah's prayer for her son and Lisa's going to be doing that. So the story of Hannah is a really beautiful story and I'm really um, blessed to be able to actually have her as my topic. Um, Hannah uh, in the in the Old Testament was a very, very sad and frustrated woman. Um, she was unable to give birth to a son. She always she wanted a son. She needed a son. And, and, and just for a little historical context in that time, it was extremely important to have sons because that's the way that the family line was carried forward. And also, you know, helpers in the field and also warriors in case of battle. So it was very, very important to have sons and she couldn't have one. And so she was begging and pleading and praying to God and saying, God, I really, 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 really need this. And I can't do this. I'm not, I failed every time I've tried. I need your help. And she um, struck a bargain with God. If you give me a son, Lord, I will bring him back to you and I will let him serve you for his entire life. And I also promise as a token of my promise that no scissor will ever touch his hair. And I was very surprised about reading that because I thought Samson was the only one that had no haircut. Um, But anyway, so God heard her prayer gave her a son and she followed through and immediately she did turned him over to um the leaders in the uh of the land so they could raise him and teach him in the ways of godly leadership um so what this this story parallels way more than about you know having children though i mean this is about when when you have an enormous need, a really pressing, urgent need. It could be 
reconnecting with a lost child that has gone wayward and you're unable to connect with that child, that would fit into this category. Or perhaps maybe you find yourself in a really dire living situation. Maybe you're homeless, you've lost your job, and you have no idea what you're going to do. Maybe you just need some guidance, direction, and resources. Whatever it is, if the need is great enough and you believe, you know in your soul that God is going to hear you, and you pray with that kind of, of you know, urgency and, and faith that not only is this something that you truly need, but that God will hear you and God will answer and God does answer. And like Tammy said earlier, it may not always be what you expect. It might not always be what you think it's going to be. Um, in fact, it's best to pray such prayers without expectation because then you're less likely to miss the point when it comes, you know, because God will bring the point to you. Um, but I just thought this was a beautiful story because Hannah, Hannah was able to have what she needed. She had her son. And um, if you want to read more about this story, it's found in 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. And it goes on to talk about Samuel's impeccable leadership and how he was brought up to do that and how he trusted God and leaned on God as well. So the lineage carried forward in God's name. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful story, especially, you know, for those of us that have children, we all know that there's a, a point in our life when we all are praying to God about something with our children. I don't care what it is. It's something with our children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't even go into that subject. <laughs> in my first marriage, I was one of those barren women, and I was married for seven years, and we didn't worry about getting pregnant, you know, cause we were young, you know, newlywed, so to speak. But then it was like, okay, well I got married to have babies and nothing's happening. So I used to pray, but you know, my life was chaos, but I didn't really know it. <laughs> it was bad, but I just yearned for this baby. And, and it wasn't for, you know, we found out my husband was sterile. We spent thousands of dollars through artificial insemination and several attempts at that. And it was like, should have been a sure thing, but because I was living on my own will in the name of God, I was praying for my will in the name of God, not his will for me. And, you know, God's will was, and I totally believe this to this day that I wasn't supposed to be with that man. <laughs> forever. I mean, after 11 years of being with him, I walked, walked away with that and divorced him in love. But, and, you know, I go round and round with the pastor on that, but um, anyways, and then I was blessed later when my body and soul, I was more spiritually connected with my Lord. And it wasn't all about my will. And he blessed me when the time was right. And, you know, she's going on 28 years old now, but, um, it's amazing to me how he just knows what's best. He knew what was happening in that whole dynamic. And that was not a godly marriage. It was, I don't know, from the dysfunctional family. I just latched on to somebody else to fix. But uh, anyways, that's just kind of like that story reminds me of me and, and, you know, how I was not praying to God for my will. And that's, you know, not, I did, I just didn't pray right in those days. I always prayed for my own will. 
God, you be my sidekick, not you be the almighty and I'll be your sidekick. <laughs> if that makes sense. Anyhow, yeah. I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely. I think that we all do that. Like it, especially when we're younger or we're for first. Well, I know back in my younger days, you know, like, especially in my twenties and thirties, probably I was very selfish pray, prayer person. And I was, I prayed like that all the time, even though God still talked to me and he still told me what to do. And I still listened and I still argued, but I still listened, but I still prayed selfishly. And I will say that it was selfishly. I prayed for Tammy and what Tammy wanted and when Tammy wanted it and not, not praying throughout the day, like I do now and not praying in the relationship with him. And then the love that I have for him and the encompassing feelings that I have for him now, which is just all encompassing so different where I'm at now than when I was. So yeah, it's now it's like, okay, like every part of me is, am I in your will? I want to be in your will. If I'm out of your will, if I'm doing something that's of Tammy and not in your will, please put the roadblock, show me, I'll remove it. You know, I, I try to be very sincere about what I'm doing and how I pray. I try to be sincere about praying for my friends and my family and my, my people and, you know, just, just being like that and going, going forward like that. So, but yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that is children. I mean, you know, our kids are, wow. I mean, that's a, that's a good one. Okay. So I, uh, let's see next, I'm going to get into, I'm going to have to get, um, Dana to unmute herself because I muted you. So you have to unmute yourself. And then Dana will be talking about Jonah's prayer for salvation. Hey y'all. Um, Jonah's prayer of salvation isn't salvation as we know it today. He was praying, get me out of the belly of this fish. I'm floating around in seaweed and Lord only knows what else. Um, initially, Jonah was sent to Nineveh, a very, very evil, uh, cruel. People there were cruel, um, the Assyrians. Uh, Nineveh was the capital of, uh, of Assyria and God told Jonah to go there and prophesy that they're going to be destroyed so Jonah knows that he needs to do that but he runs and he winds up um, through a few different things in the belly of the whale um, the whale um, kind of barfed him up on dry land after uh, his the the prayer that uh, he prayed but um i as i was reading over this prayer i got to looking into um jonah's background because he he really does have a background we just think of him as okay he was told to do something he didn't do it he ran and god kind of chased him down and and brought him back and and Jonah he went but he wasn't it wasn't willingly and the reason is like I said this was a very evil evil city it's surrounded by three other cities 
and it's very it's the the city of Nineveh itself is like uh, three miles uh, long and a mile and a half wide. I mean, it, it's big, and there's three more big cities around it. Okay, uh, all these people, they're they're bad people, and he would like to see them destroyed because while he's being sent to tell these people that God's going to destroy them, they are they're they're fixing to start doing their uh, they're plundering uh, Israel. They're gonna they're going to invade Israel and and you know do what they do. Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, in in saying that they're they're like I say once again they're going to they're preparing to plunder Israel. Uh, I think that's very intimidating, and I can understand where Jonah's coming from. You know, he was, it wasn't just that he was unwilling. There was a reason he was unwilling. I, he, one guy, and he's got to go in there and tell these people that this is what the Lord's going to do. He doesn't know if he's going to come out of it. I mean, for all he knows, they're going to destroy him. And they had some pretty evil, wicked ways of uh, torturing people and long uh, torture sessions. So I understand I understand why Jonah felt that way. And he, he, he was frustrated once he finally got to, um, he, he got to Nineveh. He, he uh, preached the shortest sermon I think I've ever heard in my life. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That was it. That's all he said to those people. And he Unlike Moses and Abraham, he did not intercede for the people. He interceded for himself in the belly of the whale. Um, and he was not pleased when God did not destroy those people. They, they heard what he said, and they turned their hearts to the Lord. They, uh, they, they went into a deep fast. The cattle even were fasting. That's that's how much these people believed and turned their hearts to the Lord. Um, I found it really interesting that Jonah's name, one of the the um, trans, translations of his name in uh, Hebrew, is uh, dove, and also he that oppresses and destroyer. So with a name like that going in and then not seeing it happen, he 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 wasn't happy. He 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 wasn't pleased with what God did, which was sad. Um, and then Nineveh in the tra a translation from Nineveh uh, from he from the Hebrews is um, handsome and uh, agreeable. Now. Uh, I don't know about the handsome part, but I don't think that when uh, God wanted these people destroyed, that they were, uh, that was an agreeable city uh, by any means. But when Jonah said, preached his little message, they were agreeable. They agreed, all of them agreed to turn their hearts to the Lord. Um, and uh I, I just, um, another thing was, you know, Jonah was, um, 
in the belly of the whale. And the, the, one of the main gods of the Assyrians was Dagon. And uh, he was part man and part fish. And I think that's why these people were so quick to turn their hearts to the Lord because they they knew about Jonah being um, probably being spit up on the beach by the whale that he'd been in the whale, and uh, so I just I just thought it was really interesting that little background stuff beyond just beyond his his prayer. But you know, the Lord wants us to know that He loves. He, he loves all nations. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants people to come to him. And it wasn't just about, once again, saving Israel from being destroyed or plundered. It was about those, those Assyrians. And uh, I, just, I just thought that was really amazing. I had never seen it like that before. And I know it's kind of, maybe it seems a little off the subject, but once I got in there, it was really, um, I was amazed. It's a short book. I think there's what, like five chapters. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, I love the book of Jonah. Um, there's a lot of meat in there. There's a lot of meat and a lot of history. I took an 18 hour seminary course on Jonah and, uh, and I know a lot about Jonah and, and Jonah, the whole part of this salvation prayer about Jonah is that he, he knew God would have mercy on Nineveh. He knew God would have mercy on Nineveh, but he was not, Nineveh was huge. Like you said, they could on the wall of Nineveh, they could ride three chariots, chariots yep. on the yep. wall alone. Uh, side by side that's how yep. big yep. Nineveh was and so he fled to one of what they called Eden in that time Tarshish and he paid to get on this ship now the well really isn't a well it's a sea monster yeah it's, it's yeah. really a sea monster and the, the the here's where the salvation part comes in when Jonah gets swallowed by that sea monster it's referred to in Greek, it's, it's a male. But when the sea monster vomits um, Jonah up on the thing, it's referred to as a female three days later. Oh. So Jonah is, is getting what he thinks is going to be his death. And they're, they're, they're relating this to Christ. Right. Three days, Christ's three days salvation later. Jonah's pleading to just take me, but, you know, he thinks he's going to, you know, die. And then he goes into the belly. Then this becomes, a, this is the sea monster ends up being a female and then like births him or three days later, he's onto the shore with a new way. And he's going to Nineveh, just like in Christ, a new salvation. Right. Um, so then, well, yes. Then, yeah. So there's, there is so much to, to Jonah. I suggest people getting into Jonah. Well, and you know, what I took away from this in the, in the, in the prayer of Miss Tammy was that Jonah, all the, the, the prayer of Jonah, when you read it, it's, it's uh, Psalms. So Jonah really knew his scripture, you know, I mean, he, he was well studied and uh we need we need to get in there we need to do that we need to be in 
be a Jonah in that respect, you know, to um, get in our word and get closer to the Lord, yeah. you know, it's and and intercede. It, like you said, for the other people, Jonah didn't intercede for these people. He interceded for himself. <laughs> but but, but we need that, that one one thing, you know, the great thing that happened, even though Jonah disobeyed the Lord, the Lord used Jonah on that ship and turned those sailors where they went a, 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 against their God and they accepted the Lord listened to the Lord and threw Jonah over. So yep. the Lord won those souls on the ship, even though Jonah disobeyed him yep. and went to Tarshish, the Lord still worked even more things out. So he, the Lord interceded in, 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 even in that way, which was, a, I mean, we see that, I mean, this story is great because we see this Dana all the time, like interceding. We don't know what the Lord is doing when we're interceding for somebody else Amen. or praying for someone else. We're, we might never know. Yeah, go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, I just wanted to throw in too, because this is such a fantastic topic, but I, I, I feel compelled to add also that this is about overcoming fear. God will give us assignments and sometimes oh, yeah. we're terrified. Jonah had every reason to be terrified. He didn't want to go in there and be persecuted for being a Christian as were the Israelites they were planning to destroy. And he's going in there to tell these mighty warriors, you're going to be defeated. Oh yeah, what's this? <laughs> Silly man, yeah. right? And so I am sure a million <laughs> And scenes were playing in his head keeping him from wanting yeah. to go there he's terrifying yeah. um probably no less terrifying than being in the belly of a monster <laughs> um but but the point i think you know uh, another point not the point but another point to add to this is that you know we're all confronted with situations that we're terrified of but god knows when the timing is right their timing was right god knew their hearts he knew they were ripe and ready for the message Jonah had no way to know that. So he went and faced those mighty warriors anyway, ultimately finally deciding to have a little tiny bit of faith to get his feet moving in that direction. And lo and behold, they were right ready to hear what he had to say. Uh, so I, it's important for us to remember that too. And being afraid is normal and natural and part of life. We're human beings. We're going to be scared. But we can't let it paralyze us and keep us from, you know, doing our best to mm -hmm. follow him no matter how we feel about it, because ultimately God wins anyway. <laughs> Obviously, he's not going to let us get too far. He's got a bigger net than what we can get away from him. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's the great thing is that um, this that's why I love about these discussions, because God just throws in all these little tentacles everywhere, you know, about which all combine together and I mean, are relevant, you know, because we talked about fear and we talked about faith and we have to have faith. We have to have faith that just to, again, to just trust that God is going to do what he's going to do. And, and and again, we have to get out of our flesh. Our flesh is our biggest boulder in front of us all the time yeah. Amen. it's always in front of us okay anything else all right all right next uh, we're going to talk about the seven types of prayer and their purpose now each each one there's a faith petition thanksgiving intercession a song corporate 
and biblical foundation. And each serves a different purpose. So the prayer of faith is a prayer of faith means that you pray having faith that God hears you and will do what is best in a situation, no matter how big or small the prayer that you can have faith. It's funny. We just talked about this. This is easier said than done when it comes to face to face with trials, but you can hold on to the truth that God is listening to your prayers. He sees you in the midst of your heartache and is still with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Matthew 21, 22 says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Prayer of faith is hard. Prayer of faith. I mean, we can say it all day long that we pray in faith, but uh, I don't know about you guys. I know that you're all my friends and you've heard me talk about the tug of war a lot of times, but I pray in faith. And then sometimes that part of me, that human part of me goes back with the tug of war rope and starts pulling it back from God. And I start taking away that faith. And then I'm like, what am I doing? And I pray back to God and I try to give him the rope. It's leaving it there. Faith is leaving it there for God, not pulling it back into your plate. Easier said than done, but that's what prayer of faith is, is just putting it in God's lap, allowing him to do the work, remembering that we're human and that, yes, we're going to try to take it back because we live in the flesh, but that's what prayer of faith is. Um, Lisa, you have prayer of petition. Yeah, so this goes along with everything. I mean, they all tie together and it's really cool. And I just want to throw in here that until we did the study to prepare for today's conversation, I didn't realize that all the different types of prayer had a name. <laughs> I, I always just threw everything together in my prayers and just called it good. This is fascinating. That prayer of petition, this is a conscious, um, a conscious prayer where you have a list of things that you're specifically asking God for. That could be you're, you're, you're unemployed, you're looking for a job. Like Lori was saying, you know, um, she's bound at home right now, but she wants to keep working. So God's providing her with work. So she obviously prayed to God, hey, God, I need a little bit of work. And God said, okay, here you go. Um, it might be that, you know, you look, you're, you're sick or, or you have um, an illness of some kind and you want God to heal you. That's something that you can pray for. These are very specific prayers, peace, relationship, harmony with your neighbors, guiding the president, even though you may, may or may not approve of what he's doing. If you pray that God will guide him, he is our leader. God is our ultimate leader. And it's important that we recognize that our ultimate leader has a hand in guiding our our physical leader. <laughs> so it's important to pray for him too. And um, so that would be a specific thing to pray for. Praying for wisdom is something that we have the option to pray for. Pretty much anything you can think of that you could possibly need in the course of a given day, give it to God and say, hey, God, this is something that I think I need. This is something that I would like for you to address with me. And uh, like Tammy said, have a little bit of faith and watch and, and wait because God will answer those prayers. Absolutely. And then there is the prayer of Thanksgiving and Sandy has. And you have to unmute Sandy. Okay. Am I unmuted? Yep. Okay. 
So I'm going to start out with the scriptures. It's Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Well, this is a big one for me because my husband, as of the 27th, passed last year. And I'm by myself, got all these weird world things going on. And I listen to Mike from around the world. And it almost makes it worse. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's true. You know, we, if we trust in God. We have to have faith that he, he's going to take care of us. So, so the prayer of thanks and praying this and being close to God will help us. And it does stop our worrying. And, you know, it, it, and we might have to do it every minute. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's hard sometimes to, because when you're by yourself, to think that, you know, God, is he really, does he really care for me? He does. He, he has showed me over and over this last year how important I am to him. And he has kept me and <sighs> makes me want to cry. <laughs> but, you know, that's how I pray a lot. I don't pray for stuff so much as just thanking God that he's kept me. So that's my... <laughs> my thoughts on that because it is we have a lot of things in this world that i don't want to do on my own mm -hmm. but with god i can do all things <laughs> that's Christ. right yes. well i'm i tell you every day i'm thankful that you're my friend and <laughs> i'm thankful that you're here and i will be in your life as long as god allows and um I know that you're a widow and it's important for us as friends to take care of our women that are widows. That's what God says. We're to take care of our widowed friends and you're, you know, I, it's what I do. I make check, check on you every single day and I will continue to do so. And um, you are important <laughs> to me and I'm glad you're here. And you're important to this. You're important to God. And um, yeah. And so for Thanksgiving, that was yours, right? Prayer of Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for you, Sandy. Right. <laughs> and I love you. you. I love you. And I'm sorry. Yes. God is, did bring us back together, Tammy. Yeah. And it's, it is Randy's. She lost her husband a year ago yesterday or two days ago. So yeah, it's been a uh, 27 remembering and um, very tough week for her. And, uh, but she's still here today. And, um, and, you know, with, as a year goes on, you know, through this year, she's gone through different stages and things change, you know, throughout the, the, the grieving period. And now, you know, and things are still changing, but you know, you're loved. You're loved and yes, you're loved. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. 
So now, uh, let's see. I'll wipe my tears so I can see who's next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really not a crybaby, and I've been pretty tough. But when I got to this one, I, I do. Think I thank God every day for being with me. That's how I've made it. Yeah. Is the one-on-one -on -one with him. Yeah. I'm glad that you're, I'm glad you're walking strong with God. Okay. So let's see. Prayer of intercession. We have Dana. You'll have to unmute. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm going. Where's Sandy going? And then I yeah. hear it. <laughs> <made> a screen <laughs> in a different screen. You know that's you still got to unmute. You still didn't unmute. The twenty seventh is my anniversary, but it's also the anniversary that my mom died seven years ago, which I don't entertain that memory as much as my anniversary, but. Sorry about that, Sandy. But she's off mute too. Okay. D Dana still can't get to her unmute. She forgot where it is. Uh, it's just on your screen. Okay. All right. How about we go to Lori? Lori, and then we'll go back to Dana. Lori, why don't you go on to a song of prayer? Oh, there it is. Oh, she got it. Okay. <laughs> Woman of many talents. Thank you, Sandy. I'm thankful for you right now. Um, okay, prayer of intercession. I, you know, we covered, uh, we covered a lot of intercessory prayer before we've gotten to this point in our discussion. Uh, it literally means standing in the gap. And uh, the, the root word from the Latin meaning is uh, go yield uh, or to surrender. And the prefix of that is uh, be, um, it's between or shared and felt. Now, I didn't quite understand felt in relationship to this so if any of you ladies get that please share it with me and and um the viewers but um it's it, intercessory prayer is yielding to to god so much to the extent for for us as believers nowadays that the holy spirit will uh take over and pray for us and you you'll find that in Romans 8, 6. Uh, and, you know, Abraham is an example of, of one who interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 18. And then uh, Moses on behalf of Israel, quite a bit. And, uh, and then uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying, that was intercessory prayer for us, not, not for himself, but for us. And oh, hallelujah, to, to know what lies before you like that, 
but to have that heart that it that it just amazes me it just amazes me and you know um to give of yourself so much and we as christians don't even really fully grasp it i don't think we really don't and and there's so many there's so many people who know about god nowadays but they don't they don't know god they don't they don't have the relationship that we are so blessed with they don't see they don't see jesus in praying for us making intercession for us he still intercedes for us before the father and uh, inter interceding for others that is so important don't give up on the people who refuse to listen to you and there's people in your life sometimes you you have to not not necessarily walk away from but you have to put some distance between you and them but you don't dis put the distance in your heart you don't put the distance in your prayer life pray for those people they're hurting they're dying if they die they're going they're not going to heaven they're not going to heaven and who in the world do you hate enough to not want to see them go to heaven you know we're supposed to be christ-like make that make intercessory prayer an important part of your your daily devotions your your prayer life and you know when some when when someone's name is called to your attention just when you're doing dishes or you're taking a shower or you're out in the yard just enjoying nature pray immediately pray intercede for them stand in the gap and you know i had an old pastor friend share with me one time about what standing in the gap was you know the the walls of the city um how they there's the the they're built up on one place and then they go down and you can look over and then you go by walk by and you're you're hidden you're protected and then and there's that gap again that when you the warriors the warriors stood in the gap the warriors the warriors the real warriors were the ones who stood in the gap and fought, fought pardon me my teeth this morning but we need to we need to get in there it it the time is short Time short, time short, folks. Y'all need to get in there and pray for your neighbors, your friends, your family, people, people you don't know in the grocery store. I've had the Lord bring somebody right up to me and tell me uh, something about their life. I, I don't know them from Adam. And they, they said, can you pray with me? And I, I, you know, yes, pray, pray, pray. They're, and they're not even a believer, okay? <laughs> That's the, the weird thing. But it's important. Prayer is so important. It, it's as important as reading the scripture. It's as important as, as anything else we place importance on in our 
spiritual walk, but it is really, really important. Go ahead, Lisa. Yeah, I just want to add that it's so true, Dana, how important this is, because every time that we turn our attention to God in an attitude of prayerfulness, whether it's as we're walking down the street and doing other tasks and errands, or whether we're kneeling by the side of our bed, every status in between, when we turn our attention to God, we're bringing God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ into our presence because we're connecting directly with Amen. him, them. And right now in this time of, you know, the evil that's coming out and, and the sinfulness that is expanding in our neighborhoods and in our cities and all over the world, times are getting so insanely crazy and Satan and his minions are having a field day right now and they're multiplying as they multiply and expand their mission to destroy all that is good, all that is God, it is incredibly important for us to keep our mindfulness turned to God. Because as we keep God present in our presence, wherever we go, there he is also. And when we you know, bring his name into a conversation, we're expanding God in that space and Satan can't penetrate that space. He cannot touch it. He can't even come close to it. And the more we do that in our everyday uh, interactions, you know, um, the more we're going to remain safe and bring safety to those around us, whether they know it or not. Amen. And one of the things, you know, that's part of what you're talking about too, is that the more we do that, the more the Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf. We don't always know what we need. We don't always know what we're walking into, but the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit will see Amen. what we're doing and will beseech yes. God to keep us safe and to keep us guided and, and directed in the right way. Amen. Amen. Yes. All right. Thank you, Dana. Okay. Next, we are getting into, Lori will talk about a song of prayer. All right. Well, it's just singing a song. It's back. Um, the Lord, um, this is just back in, uh, in Exodus 15, one through 18. It's just talking about um, praising about the battle um, for Jesus and, and singing. The Lord likes us to sing, sing to him, sing his praises. Um, again, it's just adding to gratitude. Um you know, when you're anxious and all that, like uh, Sandy was talking about, it's so, so, so true. If you can stop in the moment of an anxious fit and simplify your life, of course, ask God to come in and you can, it's unbelievable all the things that you can find that you'd be grateful for, especially when you're feeling all alone, which that's the worst kind of anxiety. I suffered from it even though I was married at the time when I suffered from it, I was alone. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a real marriage, but at any rate, um, singing songs of praises. And, you know, somebody told me this one time when you're singing a song, like when you're in church, that's something I miss terribly is the worship. Um, but I do it at home. Um, is you can't feel sad when you're singing. You might be crying all through the song because your heart's touched, but you're not sad when you're singing. So when you're singing praises to the Lord, it just is something magical in your spirit. So uh, anyways, and this is just a long um, little song, but I don't know how it goes and I'm not a singer. So um, 
he blessed me in a lot of ways, but not carrying a tune. But uh, anyways, it's just singing a song in the name of Jesus. So anyhow, that's all I really have to say. I didn't know how to really study that part. But. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's good. I love, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I love to put on, uh, I love elevation worship. I love their upbeat music that they make all the time. I, I like popping that on my, like if I'm not listening to a sermon or Mike from around the world or one of my seven fun pastors that I seem to, I don't know, I always have a sermon on, then I'm listening to worship music because that way I can just sing throughout my house at the top of my lungs. And then on Sunday, when I put Stephen on and Elevation comes on with their worship, I'm singing at the top of my lungs and clapping and singing and raising my hands. And my husband just gets a big old chuckle out of it because I just sing it at the top of my lungs. And my dogs are serenading with me because they think that's what they should do. <laughs> and I don't care that I'm in my own house raising my hands and it's just me and my husband and the two dogs, you know? <laughs> But I love it. I love I love worship too. So, all right, Lisa is corporate prayer. Well, so corporate prayer is a, it's an interesting term, but what it really means is just when you know, like in this group that we are right here right now, when we pray as a collective group and we pray for each other, that's a corporate prayer. You know, uh, wherever two or more are gathered in God's name, there he is with us. It's Matthew 18, 20, if you want to look it up, but it says it right there, wherever two or more. And so whenever you're in a group of people and you have folks that you know need to be touched by the hand of God for healing, for comfort, for whatever it is, and you pray like that, those prayers are incredibly powerful. And it's an important way to pray whenever possible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then the final is confession and salvation, which will close out our group today. And which is, it's really good to bring this in right at the end of our, of our meeting, because confession and salvation is something that I talk about a lot at the end of our, our little meeting together, because folks, if you don't know Jesus, then one way to get to know them is, is confession of prayer and receiving salvation. And how you do that is very simple, is that you confess your sins to the Lord and Savior, that you are a sinner, that we're all sinners. We confess our sins every single day and that we ask Jesus to come into our heart and live within us, have the Holy Spirit come in so that we can receive the Holy Spirit and dwell within us for the rest of our life so that we can live in purpose and go to our eternal homes with our Father. So and that is the final prayer. And so as we, I want to thank you ladies today, because before we go into closing, thank you so much for being here, ladies. And when we're going to close out in prayer, I am going to say that salvation prayer, because I think that we talked about prayer today. We need to give people, viewers, the opportunity to ask Jesus into their heart. And so I want to thank you ladies right now as we close out and we're going to close out in the salvation prayer. So let's bow our heads. Father, just thank you for sending your Holy Spirit in for this discussion of prayer today. You were here among us. You were it's such a blessing that you have just 
offered to, to pour into our vessels today. Thank you for using us. What a blessing. What a blessing to be a vessel for you. What a blessing. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you so much. And I just ask right now, Father, if there's anyone out there that wants to know you and wants to have eternal life, Father, they can say this with me as we talk right now, Father. Dear Father, I want to know Jesus. I ask right now that you forgive me of my sins. I ask Jesus to come into my heart and the Holy Spirit to dwell within me. Show me my purpose, Father, so that I can walk with you the remaining days on my life on earth and that I can dwell with you eternally. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Folks, if you said that prayer, please get a hold of me. I'll put my email in the discussion because I want to send you some information so that if you're a new Christian or you just said that prayer, so you have something, some scripture, somebody to talk to for that, for your walk, for your walk with the Lord. I don't want you to go on just saying that prayer and have nowhere to go. I want you to have some information, free information. I will email you scriptures. I will get you whatever you need. Okay. So please get a hold of me. My email will be in the description. I'll probably put um, some scriptures. I'll put some scriptures of importance about prayer in the description as well that are kind of go over our talk today. And I want to thank Dana and Lisa and Sandy and Lori for being here on Faithful Friends. I know we went over our hour today, but gosh, it was so worth it, you guys. I mean, prayer is so important. And Come back to us next Friday because we are going to be talking about the armor of God. Now, that's that's a good one. You don't want to miss that. So God bless you guys. Thank you, ladies. See you next week. Bye. Have a great weekend. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>